This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. It is a good day to be born. <laughs> Five calves. Five calves on the farm. They have to try and name all of them after me in some way. Because that's our family tradition. If a calf is born on your birthday, it's named after you. What do you do so if you have five? All five of them, really? So we have to, they have to figure out how to, I don't know how they'll, they'll do that. Eli? Elijah? Elisha? <laughs> they're probably mostly girls. If they're keeping them, they're not going to name they'll them. They'll just give boys. them all boy names. Yep, yep, that's yep, yep. Name something cool like Owl Face Hot Killer. Some cool like that. Is that is that what the name Eli means? No, but I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think to kill hogs is illegal. Roots. So. <laughs> Eli, Eli means actually <laughs> Eli, three letters means owl face hawk killer. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Love that. Yeah. That. that was the nickname I gave myself. In uh, maybe high, high school, school? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, your mom. Um, no, no, I give myself. <laughs> I give myself that. Not because I killed hawks, just because it sounds so cool. It was the owl face. I think it, it was partially from the rapper Ghostface Killer. What? There's a rapper Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer. Ghostfaced Killer. So you went with owl faced killer. Owl faced hawk killer. Mm. It just seemed right, you know. It felt right. Did it stick? No. Well, I mean, no one ever called me that except for my little sister, Lily, shout out, to who um, gave, she printed a picture of me in camo holding a gun and it just said, they call him Owl Face Hot Killer. I have it in my room, over my toilet right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) My toilet. And we're back, folks, on the toilet note. And uh, yeah, shout out to Jenna. Jenna (laughs) told us or told me that uh, we don't introduce ourselves very well. So, and I'm Eli, and I'm Joseph, (laughs) and this is Wandering Wanders, Saint Minorad, Indiana. Saint Minorad, Indiana, not affiliated. And (laughs) if anybody's not affiliated (laughs) in any way, shape, or form, that's right. That's right. We are legally obliged. (laughs) <laughs> Do you say that? That's so true. Oh, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, speaking of, it's Eli's birthday. It's my birthday so, today. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, Glad to be born. question for said birthday. Oh. What was your favorite birthday party? Oh, party. Yes. I was expecting... Is your family a birthday birthday family? Yes. I mean, outside of like yes, calves but we don't being born have naming them. We don't have parties with outside family members often. Okay. It's usually... We have a big enough family that we have a party with just us. That is how my family is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured. Um, what are my favorite birthday party? Hmm. Alternatively, what yeah. is your birthday tradition? Okay. Like, birthday if, tradition, yeah, if, have Black Forest cake, where it's just chocolate cake with cherry pie filling and whipped cream on top. Cherry Always. Cake. Cherry pie. And just straight whip, homemade whipped cream. Oh, it's good. It's good. Very good. It's best, though, the next day when you put it in a bowl and then you fill the bowl with milk. And then you eat the what? cake. You don't mix it up. It just soaks in the sides and then you eat the cake. 
Oh, yes. I really thought you were going to say it's better the next day after you've frozen it and then let it sit in the fridge for like 20 minutes to dethaw, but only partially. (laughs) So then it's like this jello ice cream combo. (laughs) Do you do that with cake? No, it just sounded like the right thing to it do. Was, yeah, <laughs> it just very felt right. Detailed. <laughs> um, favorite birthday party, though. Honestly, I can't really recall. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember any birthday party I had. I think one year we went to Pizza Putt, which is a mini golf place. Pizza Putt. I don't know if that was for my birthday though. The place is still open. I think that place was awesome. Great, best mini golf I've ever played. R.I.P. Pizza Putt. I, no, it's still open. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Never mind. All right. <laughs> Live in peace. Live in um, But I think that, that's, that's probably the coolest if that's what happened. If that was a reality. But I don't know. I like just my birthday. Birthday parties with the family at home. Usually ends up with music and dancing. Which hmm. is always fun. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Favorite birthday party? My 21st. Really? Why is that? My, uh, my family... Threw me a birthday party, so good. We are uh, we <laughs> when I was growing up had a five year rule on birthday parties, so like every five years you got a birthday party. Yeah, so like basically our annual tradition is like you would we do cake for breakfast. That's our like birthday tradition. You would do cake for breakfast. Really, the birthday boy because we're predominantly boys. <laughs> uh, or Caroline would get to, <laughs> to, to pick their like their cake of choice. We would eat it for breakfast and then uh, be sent off to school for the teachers to deal with. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and then that evening we got to kind of have like the dinner of our choice. So, but every five years we got to have like the the friend's birthday party, the big deal, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever thing. Um, yes. So my twenty first birthday, because it was a big deal, my parents were like, "Why don't we? Why don't we throw a party and like have all your friends over? You know, oh, all that." All he that said, stuff. "I don't have any friends." I said, uh, "Jokes on you, parents! <laughs> I have you. No friends. You thought I had friends this whole time." Um, <laughs> so my dad has had this uh, like bucket list dream item of digging a pit. Oh my gosh! And yes. cooking out of a pit. Did he, and he did it. And so I said, Dad, why don't you do that with seafood? And oh, so Lord. he dug a pit in the backyard. It was raining. My brothers helped. And <laughs> built raining. a fire in the pit, put seaweed on top, and then like made lobsters and shrimp and all that stuff and like put it in the pit, covered it in seaweed, put dirt on top, cooked, all happy, big, good, wonderful seafood boil, not boil cookout pit wow. thing. And uh, it was incredible. <laughs> uh, best birthday I've ever had. Wow. Thanks, Dad and family. Wow, that's good. That just... And friends. Friends did show up because I have those. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> Glad. That makes that me feel great. better about myself. Yeah. Because so. um, I have friends, too. <laughs> this is good. It's good to have community. You know, so it good. is good to have community. But before you transition off of that perfect transition... <laughs> Uh, tonight, me and Eric and Aaron were talking about, I really want to start a tradition here at the, sep- well, okay, probably not here at the seminary, back home, but uh, of, at the beginning of Lent, raising a calf to be fattened, and then on Good Friday, slaughtering the fattened calf, cooking it in the ground so you have to bury it, bury it on Holy Saturday, oh. and then dig it up and 
eat it, feast on it. Does on it take that Easter long Sunday. to cook? You could do it later in the day. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's a whole calf. <laughs> you could, I, I don't know. I don't know. But then you'd like have the death, burial, and then celebration. It's not going to rise from the dead. You're going to eat it. No, but no, uh, no. it's going to be made into new life in you. I, I think that sounds very awesome and exciting. Very exciting. Uh, I really want to do that. Probably won't get seminary approval. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and we're going to be gone for Easter. Yes. And I can't convince my family, dear listeners, <laughs> to uh, uh, raise a calf for me. So, well, fair enough. It's hard to raise a calf in the winter. It won't be that big by the time 40 days All is done. All these great arguments. Stupid oh, excuses. <clears throat> Gosh. Just because they're rational doesn't mean they're good. All right, so community is good no, to have. We gotta pray. We gotta oh, pray. Oh, we gotta first. pray. Let's pray. Yep. So, all right, all right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, bless this time together. We offer you thanksgiving for our families, our friends, and the communities in which you uh, have given us and operate through uh, that you reveal yourself in, and we give this time to you that we may discuss and appreciate and understand that more clearly. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. So the topic for tonight is community. Community. <laughs> community. Good. like that. Um, yes. So I guess what I would like to know is what did community look for you look like for you community look <laughs> yes community look like for you before you entered seminary before i entered seminary yes or hmm. alternatively we're big on alternative questions i guess so uh what i guess what did community mean to you prior to entering okay seminary? okay i like that. <clears throat> and alternatively what's your favorite color <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay. What did community mean to me? I think that is that. Uh, that's more of a key question. Because before I entered seminary, first of all, I discovered real, authentic community. I would say at the Catholic Center at UVM in college, and then I was a focused missionary. My biggest goal was to build community. But hmm, what did that mean to me? Honestly, I think in large part my idea of community and that's before seminary was people who took joy in being around each other and um, I would say helped each other be virtuous was was definitely in there but not in the sense of challenging each other just in the sense of kind of more encouraging each other. There's there's a lot more of a like good time, party god feel to my idea of community. Mm. I think. Yeah. Uh, so it was more. It was very centered around enjoyment, and growing from that enjoyment. If I'm being real, yeah. Okay. But like community was a word for you. Community was definitely a word yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. We had the Catholic Center community, and it was very good. It made me want to. Be a saint way more. It made me want to be holy. Um, it was very, very enjoyable. Hmm. Good. Um, and yeah, I think there's some there's there's good in that. There's very much good. Yeah, in that. yeah I just yeah. think it's incomplete. I don't. I don't know if I really thought about the word community before I entered seminary. Really? Yeah. 
I like I had friendships and I had groups and I had like, you know, there was CSO, but that was like, that was a group of friends, you know, hmm. and we had the parish and the parish is the parish. But I never like, I guess I never really thought about like community as, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of a weird phrase to say I have community. That is true. Kind of outside of the TV show, you know, <laughs> I mean, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I thought about it very much before I entered seminary. Like, even now when I think about community, it's almost in a monastic context. Um, hmm. But that's not entirely true. So, but anyway. yeah, see, for me, like, it's, so I would say I, I had what I would have considered community yeah. at the Catholic Center. Yeah. But then when I got to Coast Guard and we had. We had nothing. We had, we had like five people involved. You know, they were really good people, but I would not have classified it as community in any way. Well, not, not in any way. That, that was aggressive. They were good people, and we hung out, and it was good. And they grew up together. But uh, my goal became, like my sole goal my first year being a missionary was we need to build community. We need to build virtuous community. How, hmm. do, we, how do we do that? Because we don't need loner Catholics. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I asked the question because uh, community is a word that's thrown around the seminary quite frequently. Very because we live in community. community. <laughs> there it is. Um, common unity. Common unity. And so, <clears throat> yeah, our lives are very much, very much so shaped by a community that I don't think is shared by the vast majority of New reality. Definitely not. So, yes, I use that as the delineation because I think once you enter seminary, community takes on kind of a new light because it's lived totally differently. I think, yeah, I I would say absolutely. Partially, like you said, monastic, the fact that we are attached to a monastery where, like, a major part of your life as a monk is being in community. Yeah. Uh, definitely makes us more intentional here. But yeah, I think outside of seminary and monasteries and a lot of stuff, today at least, especially, um, yeah, what should be community in a sense is just people grouped together. Okay, so this is this is really kind of the crux of where I want to get. So I would like to know what the difference between friendships or groups of friends and community is. Mm. And if you think... It's possible, which I think you do, to have authentic community outside of a seminary concept, context, and what that would look like if you think it's possible, which I, I, I'm assuming you do. So. I do. Okay, let's start <laughs> yeah. there. I think that's very much possible, and that is still like once I get. But to that's a parish, jumping the gun. So. Yeah, I think so. One what? thing that's just helpful, go real basic, um, community, etymology. What is the word? Cum or cum is with. Yep. And then un, unity, is one. So it's one with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work as well if you say with one. <laughs> but also works. But like to be one with other people. And yeah. so I think that that's, you know, like you look at the Bible, it is good for brothers to live together in unity. St. Paul's all about unity. Like... 
okay, are they just talking about being around other people a lot? Because, you know, like, there's plenty of people that go to work every day with the same people. I mean, how many middle-class American men spend more time with their fellow employees than with their family? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But don't have good community. So it's, like, it's definitely not a quantitative thing. Just, like, I spend more time with them. Uh, and I don't think, to kind of contradict what I w- thought before, it's not just about the people that you enjoy being around. Yeah, um, I agree. So, so you know, like, what is community? I think the, uh, the most interesting question you had, though, is what's the difference between community and friendship? Yeah. Do you um, think there's a difference? I, you know, I think yes and no. I, I think that community should and does include friendship, but I don't think it necessarily includes friendship. Yeah. Um, Because, like, there's people that you should live in virtuous, authentic community with that I would not say are virtuous... Well, (laughs) me? (laughs) I wouldn't say are virtuous friendships, but... (sighs) Hmm. Okay, let's let's start from a different place. Okay, okay. So do you think community in a monastic context or in a seminary context like we're, we're in is an authentic expression of community? Yes. In large part because it's intentional. So you said we talk about it all the time. <clears throat> it is made very clear that we are not just around each other a lot. That we are not just happen to live in the same building. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, like, there's an intentionality to it. Like, we live in community. And this community is what is supposed to be helping you become a saint, get to heaven, conform the whole world more to Christ, bring other people to heaven. You know, so, yeah. like, it's not just you're here together. You happen to be studying together. You know, don't you take advantage of that. Get to know people. Like, no, no, it's like live in community. Live in one with the other. So then it sounds like community is goal-driven and that you need to choose to be a part of it? Yes, I would definitely agree. The goal of community is community. To, to, That's circular. Uh, no, well, the word, to be one <laughs> with the other. The goal of community is unity. It, the, this one no, it the, sounds like you were saying that the goal was external. Uh, I would say those are, those are fruits of unity. Hmm. Those are fruits of community. The goal is to have community, which is the root of the tree that grows those fruits. Uh, um, wait, you asked another part of that question just a second ago. What you you said? Goal driven, goal driven, and that you were voluntarily part of voluntarily it. Voluntarily part of it, definitely. You have to choose to be a part of it, and I th- a part of that is like <clears throat> obedience, like giving up some of your will. I mean, think about marriage. Marriage is a very much intentional community, starting with two and hopefully ending up with more. But um, so you have this this intentional community where you are giving things up to gain this community. Like, you no longer have your own bathroom. You share it. 
You, yeah. You're giving up, like, I want to go hang out with the boys and go duck hunting, but I have to go on a date night with my wife because that's my priority right now. So very much, I would say, it very much has to be an intentional choice. Uh, community can never just happen. So you don't think you can just kind of fall into community? No. You can fall... You can be around good communities. You can have good things come from being around other people. But I think that authentic community... My my first pastor this summer, he talked about... When he talked about marriage, he he said, like, we are all broken. We're all broken people. And so when you get married... You, you have all these jagged edges because you're broken. So you have all these, these sharp spots and like part, pointy parts. Mm-hmm. And so does your spouse. And so now you're coming together and those are going to grind up against other people's. Those are going to hurt other people, legitimately hurt yeah. other people. Yeah, for sure. And that is a part of what makes marriage good. And I think that the same can be said about community. And though enjoyment is very good and helps in community and is very good, the main virtue of community is helping you find your jagged edges. Hmm. It's helping you find wherever you yeah, are not like Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I relate community uh, to like... Hmm basically living and or being surrounded by varying grits of sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. It's a good uh, analogy. Yeah. And so we're like these, basically these like jagged stones and some people have, you know, rough edges that bump into people more yeah. often. And yep. those are the edges that get, that get sound, sanded down more aggressively <laughs> Yeah, yeah. just by the nature of being in community. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> you also have said several times now, authentic, authentic, virtuous community, which means that I guess apparently it's possible to have inauthentic, non-virtuous or vicious hmm. community. I so would, why okay, are you yeah, adding right. those stipulations? That, because I think that, yeah, you can definitely have community that can be more harmful than good. For example... Uh, if you have a community, well, you're going to have a community full of people with vices, but that's the way it works. But if those vices are leading other people to vice rather than the people with vice to virtue, uh, like being around those other people isn't, isn't necessarily good. Um, okay. So you could have a, a, essentially a group of people who choose to be together to be of one mind in vice. Well, it, well, yeah. So let, let's say, give an example here. Let's say you are... Uh, you know, like you want to live in community. You want to mm-hmm. be with other people. You want to be able to grow closer to other people. And you even have good intention. You want to do that so you can go closer to Christ. And you get to this community and, you know, they, they do some good stuff, but they also drink like fish, you know, and are like constantly <clears throat> getting wasted. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be around those. You're going to be broken down a lot more than you're going to be built up. Hmm. Even if, like, there's other things that, like, oh, yeah, well, they also help me not swear. Okay, yeah, but now you're an alcoholic. (laughs) Uh, So, like, the virtuous community has to be 
opposed to vice. I think actually, I think Count maybe you're right in pointing out maybe a flaw in uh, my phraseology. I think <laughs> community might be the virtue itself. Yeah. Do you think community is a virtue? The virtue of community? I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't thought that far. So <laughs> I think community might be a virtue. As in community is, is always in some way like a positive reality. Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously not like, not in the sense of like, okay, but like as if you're going to internalize it to, to one person in general, to be of community I think is is a virtue. Say more. <laughs> I don't know. I'm coming up with this right now, but so a virtue is a morally good habit that leads us closer to God and closer to be ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So that's my my working definition right it's now. It's a working for, definition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. And uh to be in community is not easy. No. And the more you do it well, the easier it gets and the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it becomes a habitual thing where like, it, it, you, you become better at living in community. Or you can become better at you living can. in community. You can. If you're doing yeah. it well. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, the same with, That's fair. Same with any okay. virtue. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's, it's, you know, it's good. It is good to live in community. It is not good for man to live alone. It's good for man to live in community. Um, so it's it, you know there's nothing morally wrong with it. It is a morally good habit, and it helps you to know yourself better. Community definitely helps you know yourself better. Yeah, come to know who you are, and it draws you cro- closer to Christ. It should, and and so like to be a man of community. I think is a is a a virtue. So here's the question I have from that. Okay, good. Do you think it's possible to be in the community but not of the community? Absolutely. I think we see that at seminary. Um, uh, we see plenty of people in the, they're here, and so a, then if it's virtuous to engage in community and be of community, is it vicious to be? Not part of community. Yes, I, I I think I would say that. Yeah, yeah. Because I always find that word weird. Because because I mean it, yeah, vicious. Well, then uh, it's it's like virtue, virtuous, vice, vicious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, vicious. Yeah, but I mean I think to to like when you are a part of community, you you're. Like I said earlier, you're giving of yourself. You're becoming one with the other person. To become not the other one person necessarily, but the other people, um, you're, you're giving something up for that. And so to, to not do that is selfish. Like, no, I want, I mean, if you're here, I want the benefits of community without the sacrifice, probably. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. So... Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's vicious unless it's like intentionally. Well, yeah, sort yeah. Of removing yourself from community, but. 
Well, I mean, yeah, it can't be vicious if it's just... Yeah, like it would have to be a habitual choice and a choice, right? But but also, is it indifference vicious? I mean, yeah, indifference is a vice. I think that that's really what happens a lot of times when you're not a part of the community. It's more indifference than anything else. Yeah. It's more of like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter or or Hmm. like it does doesn't really matter to me but um all right so let's let's kind of get back and summarize so circle back we have the community is a group of people it's goal oriented uh to sort of build or share a common union so which i think is what the goal is like a shared goal is what brings the common union. Yeah. So yeah. in our case, the shared goal is the kingdom of God yeah. and living the Christian life and the priesthood. Yeah. So that's what sort of unites us as a community. Yes. 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 And makes us of one mind. Um, and we have all voluntarily chosen to be a part of said community. Yeah. Uh, community does not necessarily equal friendship. But you should have friends in the community. Yep, that's that's a that's a question. It doesn't necessarily equal friendship, but you should have friends within the community. So, so is friendship just a deeper version of community? No, I I think they're separate. Um, like I think. I think there is a union and friendship, but that there's not necessarily like a stated shared goal. Unless it's like the shared goal of the betterment of the other person. But I think that's what marriage is, right? Like the yeah. the willed salvation of the other. Huh. So I think ideally friendship has some sort of orientation towards that, but it's not it's not formalized like you have in a community. That was a mm. lot of words, but yeah, I think I think we gotta. There's a lot there. We gotta kind of. <laughs> you guys have to wonder about this on your own, listeners. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> as we currently are. we can we can uh, we could completely diverge and talk about that. But I think that that's a whole other thing. So so, anyways, you were talking before we got onto the friendship thing. You said community is this, and you have friendship within it. But and then it seemed like you were gonna go on. So um, how maybe is what I was expecting. So how. So, like, how do we live this out outside of the seminary? Yes. So, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Basically, like, I think the word community is thrown around in a lot of secular contexts. So, for instance, like, there's the scientific community. Hmm. Yeah. um, Or there's, like, communities of homes, which are, like, I don't know, kind of a different take on neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, Or you can live in community in, like, an apartment complex. Like, are all of those legitimate communities? Who? No. I'd say a lot of those are just groups of people. Uh, So, like, apartment complex, that's a group of people. There's not necessarily something... You intentionally have to decide to live next to those people, but it doesn't ever have to really go any further than that. Yeah. Um, You... Yeah, definitely don't have to necessarily intend for the betterment of yourself or the other based on living next to them. Yeah. Uh, scientific community, that's a good question. I think there's aspects and parts of scientific community that are pretty 
legitimate community, I would say. I, I think that there's something about like, uh, uh, I kind of, I'm kind of assuming this, but I almost guarantee it's true where like, if a scientist meets another scientist who like studies something that they study, there's an instant like bond and desire for them them to know more, not just like, oh, this is competitive. I now like, ooh, you're going to get a grant if I don't get it. Uh, but like, oh, we, th- there's a unity that happens. And I hope from that, a desire to kind of increase that unity of like, or, or to better the other. Like, uh, you know, I yep. would work with you to help you figure this out. Not for my own glory, and not even necessarily for for your glory, but just for this good. So this is this is actually kind of interesting because um, I I think the scientific community actually really reflects community well. Uh, hmm. In terms of like, there's conversation amongst each other. There's kind of a give and take. There's a peer review process. Like yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of like it's the iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Like they're all oriented towards a deeper understanding of science and. Um, and sort of helping each other facilitate that, at least in the ideal, you know, yeah, on yeah. the ground, boots on the ground, it's, it's a little different maybe. Yep. But I think that actually extends to many disciplines. So the engineering community, the x-ray tech community, the mm. programming community, like there are lots of like disciplines that actually facilitate community, I think, in a, in a really kind of beautiful way. Yeah, I agree with you, but I think that it's very easy for those to stop at a slightly more unified group of people. We're a group of people who do the same thing. Yeah. Who have chosen to do this, who have a goal of being better at this thing and sharing that as our kind of common bond. We're sharing the same mind. I'm kind of struggling to see how this doesn't meet your that- definition. So. <laughs> Unless you've been holding back, Eli. <laughs> no, no. I see. I just see like, you know, like, I think again, you know, like ideal versus reality. In the ideal, yes, that's the case. But I think a lot of like, like you said, X-ray tech. I was an X-ray tech. Like, if I met next another X-ray tech, it would be like, oh wow, cool. We did the same thing. Yeah. We do the same thing. Like that's cool. Uh, and it could very easily just stop there. And, you know, that's just one level more than being around somebody. Well, sure, but aren't there x-ray tech conventions? And aren't there, like... There are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there, there really is, is, like, a whole community true. behind it. You're yeah, describing well, a singular, like, a single human relationship. And no, you're you right. Have a no, I think that that yeah. points out the, the, like, very natural human desire to be a part of a community. Yeah. I mean, look at Comic-Con. Absolutely. Like that is a group of people who say, we love the same thing and we love that you love the same thing. Yeah. You know? And so let's come together. Yeah. So here's here's where I would like to go with that then. Because mm-hmm. I, I think actually the sort of the the lighthouse of community in our society as we see it isn't in the home and the way that I it should be. Oh I see. Or in the neighborhood, as it probably should be. Mm. But it's actually in the disciplines. So in, a, in our jobs. Ooh. Yeah. And my question then is, what would it take for us to actually shift that to something beyond like the, the shared job 
and and into the common man and more of like how how do we bring neighborhoods back how do we bring a community of like people who actually live together you talked earlier about you know the middle class man who spends more time with his coworkers than he does with his family like, yeah why like why don't we have a community of neighbors why do we have apartment complexes where the idea that that's an apartment community is absurd yeah you know hmm so then my question is, yep. how do we have, how, how do you facilitate community in a, out, out in the world, outside of this yeah. seminary context? <laughs> Fix it, that's Eli. That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Man, how do we facilitate community? Well, I think that, first of all, just getting people together in real life is important. We live so much of our lives in virtual reality. I was reading that uh, In the Shadow of His Wings. Uh, it's a book we got to read for Elvis, but also it's super good about the... I thought we were supposed to read Kundigam right now. We are. I'm not reading the right book because I wanted to read this one. Um, nice. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I uh, started reading this because I've wanted to read it for a while because my old friend Buck Teeter told me about What's it. What's up, Buck? And, uh, but in the beginning, he, so it, the book is about a Catholic semina- Franciscan seminarian who gets drafted into the Nazi military and becomes an SS officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, really awesome. Super good book so far. Uh, but he, in the beginning, he's talking about all the stuff he did as a part of this Catholic youth movement mm-hmm. in Germany. And I, my, I just thought, he, that, that wouldn't work today for kids because they have video games. They have something better to do. Like, they would rather play video games with their friends than go, like, hike in the woods and go on pilgrimages and do all these things. Like, he wanted to do that, all this stuff, and we, we don't necessarily. So I think that, honestly, uh, getting people out of virtual reality and, like, like uh, fantasy is not a bad thing. I, I, that's a whole different topic. But, um, but so, you know, like... Having someone sit on their porch and talk to their neighbor rather than binge a Netflix show. Like, we can't build community if we can't actually get people together. So there's an interesting question. Uh, Do you think that it's possible to have community online? Uh, I uh, I think yes, but only up to a limited point. I think you can have good community online, actually, but it can never achieve what in-person community is. Uh, like, there, there's just yeah, so much okay. limitation. There's so much that you're missing there. Now, it doesn't mean that it is negative to have the online community. Uh, you know, like, some, for some people, that's all they really have for good community. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a negative thing, but it's just so limited that, like, we can't stop there. Yeah. We can't okay. say this is enough. So, yes... And no, to a point. Uh, but yeah, so I think that that's a big thing, honestly. We need to get people to be around each other and enjoy being around each other because we're constantly just so like stimulated by uh, you know movies and TVs that people can easily become boring. Like We don't know how to make small talk anymore. I spent all day at the nursing home today. Those old ladies and old guys, they know how to make small talk. Like, they want, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm from this place. I'm, 
interesting thing that happens in this area, I know because Caleb's family, when I hang out with them, they will sit for, you know, long periods of time, at least an hour, and just talk about who is related to who in the community. Which is a big thing. It's yes. fascinating. Yeah. They'll literally just someone will come and be like, oh, I saw this person at the grocery store the other day. Oh, you know, they're they're kin to this person over there. Yeah, they are. But but the, because she married this And they will literally go on for an hour. Yeah. And it fascinates me. They're fascinated by human relations. Just who's related to who. Yeah. They're like hobbits. <laughs> uh, but uh, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say that's kind of a, a big thing. We have to start there. We can we could easily look at the end goal and say, well, we want this perfect unity. But if people don't want to be around each other in the first place, uh, we're never going to build community. So the start is teaching people how to make small talk. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that is absolutely that's absolutely true. And like you know, raising our families where we can enjoy. Sitting around, like sitting around a bonfire rather than just playing video games, or watching a movie, um, stuff like that. Hmm. So I think that's where we start. And then how do we move on from there? Uh, I don't know. That's tough. That is a big question. It is a big question. It's a huge question. Again, I think we need to make people want to not only be around each other, but to grow from each other. You know, because I mean, you see this this movement towards like, th- like you you talked about seeing each other as common man, not just different jobs and stuff. Oh, absolutely, you see that today, like all the, the anti racism stuff. Oh, it's like we are all humans together. But uh, what's wrong? Like, why is it missing something? Uh, I don't even necessarily know. There's a sort of census fide something there of like. Uh, yes, we are, but like, I don't know if it's just because it's kind of not centered on God. Why do humans have dignity? Doesn't make that much sense if we don't have, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know, maybe it's because the end goal is just to get along. As opposed to actually build each other up. Yeah. Like, like we know we're made to not always get along, actually, but to grow because of those times. Community is good because of the hard parts, not because of the the enjoyable parts. The enjoyable parts support what have been built yeah. through the hard yeah. parts. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know, there's a lot. This is a big question, and I like it. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think there's something true there in terms of, like, the start is to show to show people that like in person relationship there's that there's like a depth there. Yeah. Um but it has to come in a way that like that's going to be received, you know. Mm. And and I don't think it can come at the expense of like le- I mean there are other legitimate communities, you know, that are yeah. that they should be leveraged instead of schluffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Um you know, so I think of like being at a youth group and like having the guy, like all the guys loved playing video games. And so we'd yeah. have like a smash tournament or something. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And everyone loved it because you were together. Yep. You were together, but it was using video games. And so it was like, here's something that normally you would do with, hopefully, with your friends 
but not face to face. And here's how we can show how together that's actually like a, mm. a better thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to like leverage. I, I mean, it's always the question of meeting people where they are, but you have to leverage like what people already use for community or see as community or participate in community. Yep, that's yep. the better word. Um, to sort of get them to take that and sort of enable them to, to, to really facilitate community on their own and bring other people into it with them. Um, because I think, I think people are really passive when it comes to like finding community because oh, they know absolutely. it's hard. Absolutely. Um, so I guess it's really a question of like, how do you show people that it's worth the effort? Because it is. Hmm. Uh, and that's hard to show, I guess, in our societal context because it's like community's not happy all the time. And it's actually like really hard. And actually like yep, yep. not only is it really hard, like you'll want to leave it sometimes. Yep. And at the same time, that's exactly what makes it so beautiful. That's what's like, good. Exactly You're never going to grow if that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think a part of that is showing people that they're worth being known in that way. You know, of like hmm. trying yeah. to get to know people to a point deeper than just like that surface level enjoyment. But like, you know, you really trying to, to like pursue friendship with somebody, but uh, just like to truly pursue knowing somebody to, to get to the point where they feel comfortable saying like, here is my broken edges. Yeah. And uh, they're vulnerable. Just goes back to vulnerability, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then, like, once they know, okay, like, uh, hopefully they feel like I was worth being pursued. Hmm. That, you know, if it comes through authentic love, love can't help but boil over. And so, like, I was worth being pursued. I am now filled because of that, that known, being known and loved. I have to get to know and love other people. This is not a question for tonight, but how do you inspire curiosity in people? I've wondered this for so long. Like, how do you make people curious about things? How, how does that get inspired? You know, honestly, I, this, I was thinking about saying this a little bit ago, so this, this kind of relates. Well, we're, um, we're almost but, out of time. Okay, so. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But uh, I think a huge way is stories. If we can, t- uh, our culture... Yeah has become dependent on its stories being given to it rather than having to tell stories, yeah. like experience stories. So like yeah. we want to either watch a TV show, a movie, listen to music, or read a book. And like we've lost kind of the oral tradition of stories. Mm. And um, I think that that is one of the ways we inspire curiosity is to do it through stories. No, that's only one way. But yeah, yeah, that's a whole other question. Great question. Yeah, yeah. I guess I I I wonder about it in terms of like I've had many conversations with friends about like trying to make new friends, and that often a conversation will start. Well, they're they will ask questions like curious about the other that are not reciprocated. Absolutely. And so it's like, how is it that you start? This isn't a conversation for tonight. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, I have so many questions around like how you get, get people someone. to be curious about the other person. Like yeah. How you would I remember one time I sat on a plane next to this girl who she was in this. I was in seminary, 
I think my first or second year, she was like a sophomore or junior in college or something, and she had her, her headphones in her lap the whole time. Yeah. So like she wanted to keep talking to me. Yeah. The whole time. And like I kept asking her questions. And she she never once or twice, not never, but almost never, would even like bring the question back on me. Like, yeah. oh, what do you what do you like to do for fun? Oh, I do this. Done. It's fascinating. And I was like, Okay, well, moving on. Eventually, actually, towards the end, she did start to say, "Really? Well, what you know? What do you read for books or something?" And yeah. I was like, "Okay, there we go." But like, she wanted to be a part of that conversation. She could have been. She had her headphones in her hands for an hour and a half. She could have easily put them in. That's yeah. the universal sign for "Don't talk to me." <laughs> do uh, not open your yeah. mouth in my direction. But uh, she didn't. So like, she wanted you. to, but she didn't know how to do it. She didn't know how to have small yeah. talk. Yeah, small talk right. is annoying yeah. and it's hard and it's uncomfortable. It it's an art. It's an art. It is an art, yeah. but it's a very important art. Mm-hmm. Like we want to get to know the whole person, and part of that surface level. All right, we'll have to save that for a different. Time. Man, there's a lot so, of questions cool. here. How do we build community? How do we inspire curiosity? How All does right, friendship. So closing, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, or closing questions. We'll uh-huh. go to closing questions closing because questions. closing thoughts will just get us on. Um, my closing question for you, dear listener, as <laughs> my microphone attacks my face, is uh, hit him in the hit him in the eye, right in the eyes. <laughs> what communities are you a part of? Oh, and to what degree do you actually participate in them? Like, to oh. what degree are you an active part in those communities? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you become more a part of those communities? Yeah. How can you grow your communities? So, Is your community good virtuous community? Mm. There's a lot of questions around this. I think human, you know, what is it? It's like the, the first thing God says in the Bible after creation is, it is not good for man to be alone, I think. It's up there. <laughs> then, uh... So, like, this is just, I think this has partially been the question of humanity since the beginning. Like, how do we not live alone? Yeah. Yeah. So. All righty. Well, there you go. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, May all of your wonders be blessed. God bless.